Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. stand with me tonight. I'd like to read just a few verses of scripture. Thank you to Brandon and Brian and Zach for all your help up there. We appreciate it. You made everything sound great tonight. Great singing, playing. Everybody's just, it's just awesome. And uh, if I don't shut up, I could, I guess I could just keep on bragging for about another few minutes. Just dismiss. We go eat something. Amen. Second Kings chapter four. And just, uh, just a couple of verses here, a few verses here in 2 Kings chapter 4. Starting in verse 8, the Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually verse 10 says let us make a little chamber I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither verse 11 and it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there in other words her husband was obedient to his wife as all of the husbands should be in this place tonight and evidently there was a time when he gave in and he built a chamber on the side of the house and the next time the man of God come through he was able to turn into that chamber and lay there I'd like to preach tonight and I hope you'll stick with me for just a little bit and this might not I don't know what you're expecting I just this is what I feel on my heart. But I would like to preach to us tonight on is there room in your house for the preacher? Is there room in your house for the preacher? Can we lay our Bibles down and can we lift our hands one more time in this place on this Sunday night in the name of Jesus? God, we love you tonight. God, we pray you would speak to us tonight. We pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds tonight. God, would you touch every life. God, would you help us. Oh, God, your word is already anointed. But God, would you anoint me to speak the word. Would you anoint me to speak the word of God tonight. That it might help somebody along the way. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Would you turn around and tell somebody. They, you look so nice tonight before you're seated. You look so nice tonight. Praise the Lord. We are living in such a fast-paced society. And I, uh, I come from a city. Uh, we live in Nashville, Tennessee. I've lived there for the past 40 years. And uh, my dad pastored in Mississippi when I was smaller. I was born, I hate to say this, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. God. That every time I say that, something runs all over me. And uh, my dad was in the military, and, and I was born. My grandfather pastored in Clarksville, Tennessee, but that was our home. Kentucky was not our home. It was not our old Kentucky home. It was still our old Tennessee home. And then I was smaller. My dad pastored in Mississippi for a bit and then come back to Nashville and took over a church that my grandfather had started uh, one year earlier. This is our 41st year uh, in Nashville, our 41st year as a family in Nashville, pastoring. And uh, we, we live in a town that is, that is growing so rapidly. A hundred people a day are moving to Middle Tennessee. It's getting to the place where you cannot move. You, traffic is horrible and, and it it's, can be a disaster. And I love every single bit of it. I mean, 
I love every single, I mean, every, every time I come into a traffic jam, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for this traffic jam. And, and, and it seems like that, 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 that people are, 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 are constantly on the run. And, 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 and in, in our church, we have people that drive an hour, more than an hour to church. Many people that drive more than an hour than when you add traffic and different things. And, and I, I know that it's no different than it is here uh, in Illinois and Indiana, but it seems like that people are on the go 24-7. It's like that we don't have enough time. We, we don't have enough time. But here's the fact. All of us have the same 24 hours in a day. All of us have the same 24. It just depends on what we are going to do with our time. But when you talk to people, people are constantly, I feel like they're in a rush. You're not getting things done that needs to be done because they are running out of time. Now, I don't want to over-spiritualize or I'm not one of those guys that feels like there's a devil behind everything that, that happens. I don't believe that there's a devil behind every pew in here and all of that. But I do believe that it is a trick of the adversary and the enemy in the last days that we are pulled in so many different directions. It, it seems like that that every whether you live in the country, whether you live in the city, whether you live where there's a lot of people or where you live where there's not very many people, it seems as though everybody is pulled in so many different directions. When, when, I was, when, when I was a kid, uh, it seemed as though, and I'm not that old, but life was a lot slower. And, and, and then when to hear my dad speak, my dad never the first time went out to a restaurant with his dad ever in his entire life. There's probably some of you here tonight that can testify to that. You can say that. There used to be a time when people sat on front porches every night and, and shot the breeze and, and, and all of that. Now this is a little side note. I heard someone say one time families started falling apart when builders stopped building front porches on houses. I don't know if, if, that, if that correlates or not, but, but it seems though that we're so busy Every time you ask someone, they are so busy. And I, and I believe it is, a, it, is a, it is a trick that the enemy is using on all of us that we are pulled in so many different directions that we can't really focus on one thing. We can't really focus on what is important in our life. People barely have enough time during the day to get things finished up before the next day starts and, and it starts all over again. We, 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 we're, we're up and going to work again and we're getting kids off to school again and, and, and then it's, it's this job runs into that job and, and, and this load of clothes piles up and, and before you know it you, you got five, six, seven, eight loads of clothes and, 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 and then the kids are rushing back into the house and, and then dinner has to be fixed and dad comes flying in and, and a lot of the times now even the mothers of the house are working and, and we're trying to make all of this work and, and that's just to survive that's not, that's not having any time with our family or any quality time with our spouse and that, that surely isn't putting in the things of the church or the things of God it, it's not a sin I, I don't want you to, 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 to take me wrong tonight it, it's not a sin but, but we are doing a lot of things we, we are doing a lot of of things that have to be done it's, it's not sin I don't want you to look at me bad tonight it's just life it's just the busyness of life and if we're not careful we can allow the most important things in our life to take a back seat Amen. If we are not careful, we can get so caught up in everything else we can get so caught up in our business that we forget about God's business. We can get so caught up with our house that we can forget about God's house. We can get so caught up in the things that we want to do that we forget about the things that God has called us to do. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, the apostle Paul speaks lest Satan should gain an advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. Now a lot of times we think of the word devices. We're thinking about drugs and alcohol and particular sin. We're, we're thinking about those things. But the word ignorant of his devices is simply the not understanding of his 
purposes. Not every device is a sin. Not everything that goes on in our life is a sin. Not everything that carries and gains our attention is considered sin. But if Satan could get advantage of us, if he could get us caught up in everyday life, if he could get us caught up in things that would take our attention off of the things of God, then he has gained an advantage in our life. And, and, and gaining an advantage in our life is not some deep theological thing. It is simply that there's no, there's no great, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. To gain advantage of someone, you simply have to get in front of them. If you can get one step in front of them, then you have gained an advantage. Again, don't, don't, don't let me ruffle your feathers tonight, but there are things that we are allowing in our life that are not sinful things. It's just the cares of this life. It's being overwhelmed with life itself. And some of us have callings that are being pushed to the side. Some of us have giftings that are being pushed to the side. Some of us have anointings that are being pushed in the corner because we are so busy with this life that we are forgetting about the life that God has called us into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that it is the will of God that every that every pew be filled. It is the will of God that every seat in this auditorium be filled. It is the will of God. I'm just going to go ahead and speak this into existence that this building is going to be full in the name of Jesus. This building is going to be full. I don't know what the plans are going to be, but I believe this church is about to be activated into a great end time revival. I believe there's going to have to be some walls that are going to have to be knocked down. There's going to have to be some more property that's going to have to be built but the only way that that's going to happen are those that are sitting on our pews that are deactivated people that are sitting on our pews that are so busy with everything else of this life but if somehow the Holy Ghost can reactivate that calling reactivate that anointing reactivate that gifting there is nothing that hell can stand in front of us there is no devil that can hold us back God is simply waiting for somebody to get back in the saddle again back in the work of the kingdom again come on sir get back at it come on ma'am Hallelujah. If the church would get back to working for God's kingdom instead of our kingdom, we wouldn't have to beg things to happen. We wouldn't have to make things happen. There would be such an anointing in this house. There would be such a power in this house. Hallelujah. Again, I, I, I'm not trying to make somebody aggravated. I'm just trying to tell us we're too busy. I'm trying to help us tonight that we're not understanding the devices that Satan is using in the end time to get us running in so many different directions. I'm not talking about the drunkard tonight. I'm not talking about the drug addict tonight. I'm not talking about the one that's seeking after the pleasures of this world. I'm talking about the saints of God that have gotten so carried away. Listen, the Bible still says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. This this is not our home. Let us not get so comfortable down here. Let us not get so comfortable in our everyday living that we forget that we're just pilgrims that are passing through, that this is not the end, that heaven is our goal, and we have an opportunity to take people with us to heaven. Hallelujah. Listen, I think you should be educated. I think you should listen every young person in this room. You need to educate yourself. You need to study. I believe you ought to plan ahead as though you're going to be here another hundred years. But I think we ought to operate in the church as if God is going to come back today. I think we ought to plan. I think we ought to plan to knock walls out, build bigger buildings. But I think we should operate that God can come back at this very moment. I, I think you should get an education. I I think you should go to school. I think you should strive to get the greatest job you can get. But let us not forget in all of our getting that it is not about this world. It's about another world. It's not about what we can have here. It's about what we're going to have when we get over there. 
don't think it's any, any uh, coincidence that what we hold in our hand is called what? A device. I don't think it's a coincidence that what we hold in our hands and I have it, I'm preaching from an iPad tonight, but it's called a device. You can't have a conversation around the table anymore because everybody's sitting there with their device. Everybody, you, can, you can't get five people to put their phones up long enough so that we can have a conversation. I'm not trying to get somebody riled up tonight. I'm just trying to tell you we're falling prey to some of the tricks of the enemy that doesn't say Budweiser. It's not a beer joint. It's not a dance club. The enemy is just taking our attention off some of the most important things in life. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what we need to do. Turn our phones off. Let's have a conversation with somebody. Turn, put the phone down. Maybe God has put you on that job for you to be a witness to somebody. Come on, put the device down and look across a restaurant. There could be a broken soul. There could be a wounded spirit that God said, I'm going to put you there so you can make a difference. But we're so caught up in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we're going to fall prey. Listen, the enemy, the enemy doesn't come in and just put us to sleep. Hallelujah. I hope I get to the room of the preacher here in a moment, but I just feel staying here for just a moment. Listen, the Bible talks about waxing. We wax, we wax worse and worse. A waxing process is not something that happens overnight. A waxing process is something that is slow. It's, it's not something, it's like the agendas that are being pushed in our day. It's, it's the, the alternate lifestyle agenda that's pushed in our day. More than 20 years ago, more than, is this live? Is anybody watching us tonight? More than 20 years ago on a show called Roseanne, some of y'all will remember this, more than 20 years ago, I'm somewhere right in there on a show called Roseanne, there was a huge uproar because there was a lesbian kid on Roseanne I mean there was a huge uproar it was a big deal some of y'all looking around like man I don't even know who that was well don't look it up I wouldn't encourage you to do that it's the way the adversary is working in our day and age. It is not just pushing things upon us. It is waxing upon us. It is a slow process. I believe somebody sang the song, it's a slow fade. It's every day. It gets worse and worse. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a what? A flood. What does water do if there is a leak? When a water leak in your house, it will get in every crevice. It'll get in every corner. It'll get up under every, it doesn't matter. Water has a way of finding its way into every area. The enemy works like that. It comes in like a flood. It doesn't come in and overwhelm. It just slowly but surely creeps its way in. It slowly but surely rocks us to sleep. And before you know it, we have apostolic churches that have no apostolic power. Before you know it, our stages have become stages instead of platforms. Our altar calls are dead. Our prayer rooms are silent. If we're not careful, we're going to have a church that has a form of godliness, but is denying the power of God. Is this all right? I say let's get back to, to pushing things back. I say let's get back to finding prayer rooms. I say let's get back to laying in the altar. I say let's get back to being slain in the spirit. I say let's get back to where the gifts are in operation once again. Let's get back to old time Holy Ghost power in the church where we're not ignorant of the devices of hell. Hallelujah. I was raised in a generation. My grandfather was as tough as they come. Reverend R.C. Mays in Clarksville, Tennessee. He was as tough as they come. He was as tough as they come. And I'm about to be very honest right now. My grandfather preached against going to the bowling alley. 
He preached against going. I'm not trying to get amens right now or trying to stir somebody up. My grandfather passed by the putt-putt golf course one day and seen the praise well back then they wouldn't praise teams they was musicians and singers and, and my grandfather passed by the putt putt golf course and seen the singers and musicians that next Sunday they were not on the platform there was no playing sports. There was no TV. I was raised without a TV in my house. There was no running around partying with the world. Why? You say, well, that was a little bit hard. I'm going to tell you what. In my grandfather's church in Clarksville was a set of crutches that hung on the wall because my old grandfather that prayed four or five hours a day laid hands on somebody on a Sunday night that was crippled in her body and they hung the crutches on the wall because she walked out of the church. You can say, oh, let's not go back to those days. I'm not saying that we should. I'm not taking up for it or preaching against it. I'm just telling you the adversary is waxing worse and worse and the church is falling prey to what the enemy is doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. We have a 37-year-old boy in our church right now. I call him a boy. I feel like he's my son. 37-year-old man in our church right now. His name is Philip Powell. In 2012, a brain tumor come into his body. He had surgery on that brain tumor in 2012. The doctors told him in 2012 that when someone has this type of brain surgery or has this type of tumor, we give them about seven years to live. That was in 2012. Last year, he began to have the effects again. Went back to the doctor. There's another brain tumor in his body. They'd done surgery again. If you've seen Philip today, you wouldn't recognize him from what he looked like two years ago. He's a sharp, he wasn't big at all, wasn't just a hard-working man. Got three beautiful boys, a beautiful wife in our church, raised in an apostolic church, but has a brain tumor. He's got a scar on the side of his head right now. Back in March, back in March, they, he was having some more complications. Went back in, and they done another MRI on his brain stage 4 brain cancer they said we're not going to give you much hope we're not going to give you much time this is the kind of things that the church is facing today I stand in a pulpit every Sunday I look at a man sitting back to my left that if God doesn't perform a miracle that he's going to die at an early age and leave three small boys and a wife by himself is there enough inside of me to push away the world to get a hold of God so that we can see a miracle at New Life Church in Nashville, Tennessee. But I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God been dealing with me for just a little bit for a couple of weeks to call a fast at the church. I stood up two Sunday mornings ago and I didn't want to say it. This is how bad it is. In 2019, the pastor even worries whether or not he can call a fast or not. And I was making the announcements before we started our service. And before I knew it, Sister McGee, the Holy Ghost spoke out of me and said, this church is going on a three-day fast. Caught me off guard. That was the Sunday before Easter. I said, I'm not going to call it this week. I said, have Easter, have Easter dinner. But last this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we went on a three-day fast at New Life. We prayed at church on Monday night. We have prayer meeting on Monday nights. We come back on Wednesday night. The Holy Ghost began to move. The Spirit of God began to move. I'm telling you something. If we would push back and say, God, I'm not going any farther until you show up. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of its grip on me. I'm tired of its hold on me. I'm tired of it rocking me to sleep I'm going to do something drastic I'm going to do something bold Bishop on Thursday morning I pulled in to my work and I told y'all this morning I'm not good enough preacher pastor I don't have to work so I have to work so uh, on Thursday morning I pulled up and Philip Powell's name popped up on my phone and he had gotten a, another MRI 
the Thursday before. So that was about 10 days ago now. He went in for an MRI. In the meantime, the church has been praying and fasting. And Philip got on the phone with me on Thursday morning. He said, Pastor, I just wanted you to know that I got off the phone with a doctor. He said in the brain tumor that they told me about back in March and the MRI, when they compared the MRI in March to the MRI that I received just 10 days ago, he said that that brain tumor has shrunk one centimeter. I about had a shout right there in my old work truck. I don't need to know a whole lot. All I need to know is that God hears us, that God knows. I see the cloud about the size of a man's hand. I just believe that something is gonna happen. I believe we're gonna report a miracle because somebody is hungry for a move of God. I speak miracles back into the church. I speak supernatural anointing back in the church. I speak gifts of the Spirit to operate in this church again. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I believe that God just backed us up. He said, you see what just a few days of prayer and fasting will do? How will you try me? How will you prove me again? It has stirred something inside of me. I wanna see supernatural revival. I wanna see supernatural miracle. I wanna see signs and wonders. Bishop, my children need to see a miracle. This generation needs to see an undeniable miracle happen before us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Pastor Frills. I'm tired of hearing about the 60s. I'm tired of hearing about the 50s. I'm tired of hearing about the 30s and the 20s, how it was poured out. I'm ready for us to stand up in 2019. I'm so sick and tired of the pride. I'm so tired of the show in our churches. We need revival. We need anointing. We need power. We need apostolic power in demonstration once again. And I'm gonna tell you something, we can have it. If we would push away the world, if we would lay aside the weights, if we'd get rid of all the things that has us held down and held captive, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, if it worked back then, it'll work now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. I didn't tell you to stand. I'm not going to tell you to sit down. I laid across our altar last Monday night at prayer meeting. It was our first day of fasting. I laid, I was basically right here except laid across our pulpit. I didn't go through any of my fancy cliches. Oh, Heavenly Father, dear mighty God. Oh, I'm so privileged to bow at your feet today. I didn't do any of that. I just laid my face down on that carpet. I said, God, if there's anything in me that's hindering a miracle, get it out. If there's anything in me that is restricting your power from an operation, I want you to get it out of me. I felt the Holy Ghost. If I've ever felt the Lord speak to me, Sister McGee, the Lord spoke into my spirit. He said the problem with the church today is not sin. This is what the Holy Ghost spoke. If I'm out of order, Bishop, you can get me. But this is what I felt like the Lord spoke into my spirit. And that may be just for our church and not this church. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I will not compete with your clock. I will not compete with the clock on the wall. I will not compete with your agenda. You're gonna come in. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. This is next. And before you know it, we're gonna be out. God said, if you want me to work, you're gonna wait on me. If you want me to work, you're gonna stay in my presence. If you're gonna make me to work, then I, you're gonna show me that you're hungry for me. This is still for the hungry. This is still for the thirsty. This is still for those that'll push away the world and say, God, I want more of you than anything else in this world. 
The Holy Ghost is about to sweep through this room. I speak it into existence right now. Let your power sweep into this room. We become too professional. Listen, I like things done the right way. We plan, I mean we plan at new life. We got our schedule, we meet before service. I think everything should be done in order. But I'm gonna tell you what, we become so organized that I think we've organized the move of God sometimes out of our churches. We become so professional. Listen, you're not competing with Hollywood. We're not competing with the, with the country music of Nashville. We're not competing with L.A. We're not competing with the rock concerts of the world. We're here worshiping God. And listen to me. Listen to me. The devil ain't afraid. The devil ain't afraid of you coming in here and singing. He just doesn't want you singing it unto him. He wants you doing it to impress people. And the Bible still says that he will share his glory with nobody else. If you want to know if you're out of order in the church, help me if I get out of line. When you're receiving the glory and God is not, you're out of order. If it's about you instead of being about God, then we are out of order. And I'm here to declare in this beautiful church that sometimes we are out of order because it's about us. We become so professional. The preacher has to perform. The singers have to perform. It's become more of a stage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the power of her generation sweep back into the church, God. Let the authority of her generation sweep back into the church. Let her see the glory of the former house back in the church. Let us see the glory that this man remembers. Let us see the glory of the former house. Let us see, the Bible tells us that the glory of the latter house is gonna be greater than the former house, but I believe with everything within me that that is, that is if we allow it to happen. You may be seated. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you just a little something. I know my time's going quickly. I, Listen, this is who I was raised around. My dad's dad, who I never met. His name was Punkin Batson. I'm named after him. My middle name is Clarence. Please don't hold that against me. But he was known as Punkin. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a preacher. He was raised assembly of God. My dad and my whole dad's family, they had 10 children, had 11, one passed away. My dad's the baby of 10 kids. They were raised assembly of God. My grandfather come into contact with an, with an old a black lady down in Ashland City, Tennessee. And she was apostolic. And she was a preacher. And she said, Puckin, she said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. My grandfather come home, opened the Bible. Now this is what was told to me. Every morning, my grandfather gathered the children around and opened the Bible. They had prayer and Bible reading before they went to school. Every night before they went to bed, the Bible was open. And they read and prayed before they went to bed. Now that's, that's what I was told. Now I'm turning the TV off before I go to sleep. God help me. My grandfather took all ten kids the next Sunday. Had them baptized in Jesus' name. My grandmother didn't believe it. My grandmother didn't believe it. My grandmother went to bed that night. She had a dream. She was in a room full of doors. A room full of doors. And every time she would go to open that door, Jesus would be there saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. She would slam that door. She'd go over to another door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. She woke up the next morning. She said, I think I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> baptized in Jesus' name. My grandfather 
was a praying man. My uncle, his name was Bud. When he was a kid, my grandfather was a farmer. And he was out farming in the field. And he had two mules. My uncle Bud was just a small boy. That mule kicked back, kicked my uncle Bud in the side of the head. The story is that it peeled the top of his head off. It was just a scalp. The scalp had been peeled all the way back. Of course, you can imagine in the moment what would happen. Blood everywhere, all kinds of crazy stuff. My grandfather grabbed a hold of someone. He said, go to the house and get me a bottle of oil. There wasn't no ERs. There wasn't no hospitals around the corner. There wasn't, no, there wasn't none of that. There was no insurance. There was none of that. There was a bottle of oil and the prayer of faith. They said that my somebody ran back out with that bottle of oil, said my grandfather took that bottle of oil and poured it on top of my Uncle Bud's scalp. He took his hand and laid that back on top of his head, dirt and all. He said, in the name of Jesus, he said, heal my son. Heal my boy in the name of Jesus. He never went to the doctor, never went and seen, never went and seen a specialist. He lived on up almost 70 years old. He's gone to be with the Lord now. But that's the kind of generation that some of us was raised around. That how long has it been since you've heard about a miracle? Have you ever seen the blinded eye open? Have you ever seen the lame walk? Do you want to see it? You can see it. In Jesus' name, it's time that the church get back to apostolic book of Acts, signs and wonders and miracles. Now, I'll be honest with you. You may be seated. Now, you stay standing. Have you been to youth convention? Now, at youth convention, have you ever been entertained? Yeah. Have you ever stood in a room with 5,000 other people and not felt God while everybody was just singing their own song? You know why? Because we're turning this into something that it was not meant to be. This is not entertainment. This is not about us. This is not about a preacher's name. This is not about how talented you are. You're not playing for the world. You're not singing for the world. You're singing for the King of Kings. You're singing for the Lord of Lords. And when we get back to that, when we get back to that and simple faith and simple worship and simple praise unto God, the supernatural is going to be released back into our churches, back into our midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I probably won't get be asked back to preach this again. I promise you've not seen, I've not been on my notes because my notes aren't this. Amen. Just tell you we can have it again. And there is a hunger inside of me to see it happen so desperately. Listen, I want us, and some of y'all are gonna y'all are gonna go and y'all are gonna Facebook and you're gonna tweet somebody, you're gonna send somebody a text saying that Nathan Batson is a nut. You know what I want to see? I want to see this, this July when we gather in Cincinnati for General Conference. I want to see a demonstration of God. Not a demonstration of talent. Not a demonstration of showing off. I'm so past all the showing off. I'm so past all. We've got preachers ranked in order. And some people won't even go for certain preachers not even preaching. Some people won't even go. Listen, when, when, let's get back to the simplicity of somebody standing up and opening up the word of God. And just preaching about the good things of God. Not having to dig out some deep. Well, the Greek meaning of this and the Hebrew meaning of this. And you put these two together. Oh, listen to that. I've never heard greater preaching than that. Let us get back to simple faith. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We cast out devils in his name. We see signs and wonders and miracles. The Holy Ghost falls and people are baptized in Jesus' name. That's what I want to get back to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I feel that the adversary, the adversary is using the day that we're living in against us. He's using it against, listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 8 
in verse 11. I promise you, my, I know my time is running out. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that, but I'm certainly not here to, 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 to drag things out. But this is, Jesus said in Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed, which is the word of God. Those by the wayside that are there that hear, and then cometh the devil and take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which will hear and receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which while they believe and the time of temptation fall away. Verse 14, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked out with cares. Not sin, cares. Things that you care about. Not, not sin, it's just things that we care about that is taking advantage of our time and dragging us down and weary and tired. How many of you are tired here tonight? Be honest. It's not a setup, I promise you. How many of you is weary? How, listen, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Me and you are not going to fight tonight because I know you'd whip me. Me, me. We're not fighting against one another tonight. What we are fighting against is principalities and spiritual wickedness. There is literally a spirit of heaviness that is sitting on the people of God. We have to realize we are fighting a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare. So that spirit, I, I, I told our church just a couple of weeks ago, I said, this is pastor speaking. I don't want anybody throwing anything at me. I don't want anybody leaving. I don't want you to think I'm mad because I'm not. I said, this is just pastor speaking out. To have the move of God. We have a great church. We have great moves of God. We have great people, sincere people. But I told our church, I said, to have the move of God that we have right now, I literally feel like we are we are, we are pulling teeth I mean it is such a battle it is such a burden just to have a move of God just to get somebody to stand up and lift their hands or to clap their hands it, but listen and we're not it's not against the people there is a spirit of heaviness that is resting upon the people of God you know why because the devil knows that if you ever stand up and realize who you are and what you are in him and what is living inside of you, you can break out of that heaviness. You can break out of that spirit. You can break out of that depression. You can break out of that worry. You can break out of that anxiety. The Bible is still true. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's just we don't realize who we are in him. The Bible gives us the antidote to fighting against hell the whole armor of God it's the antidote to fighting against the adversary you get up every single morning and you put on the armor of God but listen to me and again I'm not throwing stuff at us I'm in there we're getting up in the morning alarm clock hit 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 snooze hit snooze hit snooze we wake up the last moment we jump up we're throwing pots and pans clothes here shoes yelling at kids time to get ready we're running here we're pulling out of the driveway we're pulling out I mean rocks are flying everywhere just to get somewhere to have somebody tell us what to do so they'll give us a paycheck we're just running here and there we're running there listen if we would get up every single Good morning, put our feet on the floor. Just think about this. Think about this. If you got up 15, 20 minutes earlier. I'm going to challenge this church. And I don't think any of these men will have a problem with what I'm about to say to you. I dare. I dare this congregation. Brother, if you'll play for me, I'm done. I dare this church in the next seven days before next Sunday. To set your alarm clock 20 minutes earlier. P-R-A-Y. 20 minutes, 5 minutes at a time. This right here. P-Praise. 5 minutes of praise when you get up in the morning. You with me? 5 minutes. If you want to set your clock, set your clock. You get up, you find you a chair... You kneel beside your bed and for five minutes you don't do anything but praise God. For the next five minutes, R, you're going to repent for five minutes. You're going to repent for five minutes. A, for five minutes then you're going to petition or ask. And for the last five minutes, why? You are going to yield to what God would have for you to be. 
I challenge, I dare this congregation in the next seven days to get up 20 minutes earlier to praise, to repent, to ask, and yield. I dare you. I'm telling you, your outlook on life is going to change. Your relationship with your spouse is going to change. Your relationship with your children is going to change. Your outlook on life and your finances is going to change if we'd simply get back to putting God first. God, you are first in my life. I'm putting my feet on the floor every single morning. I realize who I am. I am Holy Ghost filled. I've been filled with the Spirit. His name is written in my life through baptism and I am submitting myself to you. I'm telling you that next Sunday, Bishop, something supernatural would happen in this place something would happen in this place mama how long you been in church 28, 29 years how long you been in the church I'm talking about how, how long have you had the Holy Ghost how long have you had the Holy Ghost Thirty years. Anybody had the Holy Ghost fifty years in here? Look at there, Bishop. Bishop, am I telling you the truth? What the old times? You remember it? Do you remember when you would come into church? And I'm just forty-six. Okay, I remember when you come into the church. There was no screen on the wall. There was no praise team practice. And I do all of this. Okay, don't get me wrong. I do all of this. There was no praise team practice. There was no screens on the wall. There was none of that. We gathered in and we began to pray. And all of a sudden, somebody would start to sing something. And before you know it, I'm old enough to know and remember that on Sunday night, it wouldn't be nothing for us to get out of church 10, 11 o'clock. It wouldn't be nothing for us to have to carry something out. Let me tell you something, bud. You, 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 you. You got something. I don't know what you got, but God's got a great future for you. I'm just going to tell you. You know, let, let me tell you something. When I was your age, when I was your age, when I was 12, I remember people being slain out on the floor all over the building. Not Benny Hinn blowing you down. I'm talking about the power of God. When I was your age, son, they used to carry him out of the church by the arm speaking in tongues because they were drunk under the presence of God and they had to help them in their cars I remember when I was younger we wouldn't worry about if the kids got in bed on Sunday night it was just a given they gonna get in bed late on Sunday night because the Holy Ghost is gonna shake the church and we ain't leaving till people are dancing in the spirit, till people are slain in the Holy Ghost, till people are talking in tongues. We ain't satisfied to everything in the house is under the unction of the Holy Ghost. We ain't satisfied to every young person. We ain't leaving until God has his way in this house. I just wonder tonight. I just wonder tonight. Maybe if I get another chance, I can preach about the preacher having room in the house. I don't know. I just wonder. Now, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. I know I'm crazy. I understand that. But I get to go home tomorrow, so you don't have to deal with me anymore. But I wonder if there is people in this church would say, Pastor, I'm going to make a commitment this week. I'm going to prove God this week. Now let me tell you this. Bishop will testify. You make a step toward God, you are also activating the enemy against you. So tomorrow morning, when you set your clock for 5.30 instead of 6 o'clock, don't be surprised if at 5.30 you hadn't felt worse in your life. Because the devil knows if they get up and realize who they are, it's going to be a bad day for me. Uh-huh. The adversary knows. If they realize what they have on the inside of them 
and the authority. Listen, the devil is no match for you. In the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. That's all it takes. And if the devil knows if they are ever activated, if they ever understand and realize what they possess, then I have I don't stand a chance. First Apostolic Church of Mount Carmel is going to be full before the end of the year if the people will realize and understand who they are in Jesus Christ. I'm not expecting anybody to run an aisle tonight. Anybody to shout, anybody to do anything crazy. I'd love to see somebody walk the pews just one time. It's been a long time since I've seen that. And boy, if you swung from a chandelier in here, you'd be doing something. But I wonder if there's anybody in this building tonight that would say, Preacher, I'm going to try God this week. You know what? I'm going to make a commitment on this Sunday night that this week I'm going to set my clock 20 minutes earlier. I'm going to praise. I'm going to. I'm going to. And I'm going to. I promise you at the end of that 20 minutes you won't stop. There will be such an enveloping presence of God to surround where you are. You're going to get lost in the Holy Ghost before you ever wake up a kid, before you ever start a car, before you ever turn on your computer, before you ever start worrying about the day. The presence of God is going to come right there into that bedroom, into that wherever that is that you're meeting God. Wherever it is, if you get up in the morning and start to praise, to repent, to ask, and to yield. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight Now the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes it's better not to vow a vow than to vow a vow and to not do it. So we're not just hyping, we're not just playing tonight. But I just wonder if there's anybody, it may be just one, it may be five, it may be 25, I don't know. Is there anybody in this room that say, Preacher, I'm going to take you up on that this week. And I'm going to step out of my seat and I'm going to come up around these altars. And I'm going to lift my hands up to God. I'm going to say, God, I want to see you operate in this church and in my life like I have never seen it happen before. I wonder if there's anybody in this building that would step out right now and say, God, I'm going to make a commitment tonight because I want you activated in my life. Come on, there's nobody's going to be laying hands on you tonight. I wish we'd crowd up around this front tonight. I wish we'd come on up around the front tonight. The Holy Ghost is going to set on some of you right now. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.